Hello and welcome to episode 13 of the PC Gamer Podcast. My name is Samuel Roberts and I'm joined today by Phil Savage, Tom Senior, Andy Kelly. We're going to talk about new computer games like we normally do, uh, starting with DICE's Mirror's Edge Catalyst, the long-awaited sequel to the first-person free-running game released in 2008. Did I say that twice? I might have done, actually. I don't know. Okay, it's all good. Um, yeah, so I reviewed it this week for PCG, uh, one of those rare games that I've played, um, so you guys can ask me questions about it. Were you all fans of the first Mirror's Edge? What did you think of it? Uh, like a lot of people, I loved it. Uh, well, it's a really divisive, actually, isn't it? I loved yeah. the free-running, but I hated everything else about it, including the story, uh, everyone you meet, uh, <laughs> everything that you do that involves direct conflict. Yeah, I, I loved the, the world design, mm. the running about, hated the combat, and it's one of the only games uh, I've ever skipped the cutscenes in. I felt that such was the low quality of the story yeah um i've got bad news for you (laughs) the story is still dreadful in fact i don't really have much time to talk much space to talk about this in the um in the review because i was mainly focusing on the the combat and the uh the platforming and the world the world building but the story is just bad again um it's what they've got some well-produced cutscenes this time in the first mirror's edge they had these kind of animated cutscenes that played during loading screens and they were so dry Mm. there were no jokes it was completely boring Sort of like, uh, you know, subpar dystopian nonsense. Yeah, it was really earnest and just charmless. Yeah, this yeah. this city used to have freedom and now it doesn't. And so I run <laughs> around in trousers. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so this one is, um, it still has an absolute ton of wankers in it, mm. um, babbling in your ear about bullshit. Um, and like, but the, the, the cutscenes look a lot slicker. The voice acting is generally better. It's just, it's just so dry again. They, they, they're trying to. <clears throat> make this sort of these generic dystopian storylines and i i don't know why they thought this was going to be better so they want you to really invest in the mirror's edge lore yeah the whole thing they've been talking about is like it's face origin story because kind of like a soft reset of the yeah what do we learn about what an amazing revelations are there about faith nothing really i mean like um this the the story ends up kind of riffing on fairly popular superhero series like uh for anyone who's seen the films in question they'll notice it immediately when they get to a specific point in the story but um it's it doesn't have any of the same sort of flavor or there's there's no one makes any jokes right and like when they do they're all terrible and like uh, i don't know i think i think these things would benefit from being a little less dry and but but i personally feel like mirror's edge shouldn't have any story at all yeah Uh, yeah. certainly uh, a preview event i went to there was a detestable fingerless glove dickhead that you had to interact with. No and man, yes. Talking to you, it sounds like it is just a <laughs> procession of douchebags, <laughs> yeah, one yeah. after another. Yeah, it's, it's amazing. Procedurally generated douchebags. <laughs> are they trying to get the? Are they trying to convey that the runners are all like eccentric? You know, there's a community of like they're yeah. all uh, out of society oddballs. No, that, that gives them too much credit. Like yeah. it's, it's more of a kind of like um, look how fucking rad we are. Up yours, government. It's like that. <laughs> those sorts of dickheads. Like the kind of people that Up say, yours, yeah. government. I can do a wall run. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's are it. They like sort of living like Banksy paintings, sort of like anti-establishment. That's quite a good. Uh, say uh, yeah after everything. <laughs> it's not freedom's gone. Yeah, but like uh, even that you can't draw from it because it's just so boring. It's like <laughs> it's like imagine. Doing some someone doing that with no self awareness, but also not being funny when they say it. It's like 
oh no these are these are just boring people who who thinks think dumb things they're not they they might join the occupy movement but they're not interesting or, or committed enough to actually do it yeah yeah that they might they of... might um they might have a, a badge like on their back <laughs> yeah, yeah. that says uh, fuck the government but that's as far as their activism will go so, so they'll own are... uh, they'll own at least one anonymous mask uh, <laughs> yeah which they bought for halloween dressing up as uh, v from v for vendetta yeah, once yeah. but so, decided they're they're political now so people are now are checking out mentally and going, I don't want to play this game. Why should they? Yeah, so that's the thing, right? Like, um, I, I think that the Mirror's Edge games would benefit from having no story at all, where you don't really know anything about what Faith's doing, and she's just running from one place to another in this, you know, what is clearly a dystopia. Everything you need to know about that city is told within the way the city is built and the colour scheme and, uh, you know, the way guards look mm. and things like that. Like, it, you don't need anything more than what's already there. And I think that having people talking over... Um, the, those games takes some of the mystique away uh, but the, the thing uh, I, I still think Catalyst is uh, very much worth playing in spite of the story because the story the cutscenes are very short there's not loads of it um, the people do talk a, uh, talk a lot while you're playing but um, this time they've moved Mirror's Edge from these linear levels into an open world and that was a really good move I think so it's an open world that's a bit more like it's like a giant playground um, separated into these little kind of like hub zones um, so it it's not like a GTA style open world where you can run down to the city streets below or whatever. Although some of it is set on the kind of ground, you know, on the ground of the city. Um, it's uh, yeah, it's basically like a, a gigantic Mirror's Edge level that you can kind of run at in loads of different directions. Uh, and it's, it's really really cool. And more of it kind of unlocks as you go, and different areas look uh, have kind of like a different style to them. It's one place called Regatta Gardens. It's a bit like Ilium from Mass Effect, and the city looks incredible. That's the thing. Like um, the spectacle of it is. It, there was nothing in the first game that was anything like this. Uh, if you if you see a big skyscraper in the game, it's the chances are at some point a mission will take you there. Mm. You really get to see a kind of complete version of that world, and the free running is almost exactly the same as it was before. Um, which is, well, I think is fantastic because that didn't need changing and DICE figured that out um, yeah it's a shame they didn't sense that about the story really but, hmm. uh, or the um, or the combat which is still got a few problems with it but um, but yeah I'm, I'm, I, I, I completed the story and it was really really good like uh, some of the main missions are incredible like some of the open world filler stuff uh, like time trials and things like that aren't that interesting hmm. I think they're better treated as things you can do later if you've um, completed the main game and you still want more um, I think doing more, a load of those on the way through the game basically will just break the pace of it a bit too mm -hmm. much focus on the main story go back to that stuff so how's the combat different they kind of sold a uh, a system where momentum translates into instant kind of killer killing ability for hmm. faith is that right and then if you get bogged down then, then you have to actually <coughs> do hand to hand combat yeah, pretty much. So you can you can run through almost every single encounter in the game, which I didn't really quite twig onto at first. But basically, when Faith's running at full speed, she has like this shield that builds up called a focus shield, and she'll uh, she can you can while the screen will rattle when you're shot at, she won't take any damage. You've got like um, some health bars as well. Mm. When the shield's gone, the health bars start ebbing away. Um, so I, I really like that because it means that even if you kind of run directly through some enemies, just like knock one down or you're running up the side of a wall and you just kick one, you can just keep moving and you won't get damaged, which is quite cool. Um, and then uh, if you do find yourself trapped in a, in, a, in a fight, then there's a new kind of melee combat system where you can, you've got like a, a light uh, punch attack and then a kick attack. Using the kick attack, you can move enemies in different directions. So you can make one enemy, uh, kind of kick an enemy into another one. Um, and that kind of works in all directions. So you can kick one uh, forward into another one or sideways into another one. You can also boot an enemy off buildings using that system as well, um, which is quite cool at first, but it doesn't really go anywhere. Um, and, and after the first couple of encounters, you've really had enough of it. 
Um, and the problem is that the story uh, mandates you to do three of those fights, and they are by far the worst bits of the game. Like forcing you to fight in that game. I don't know. I don't know why they didn't learn their lesson from the first game. Like it's a, a really kind of misjudged show of confidence in the combat mm. system there, and it really kind of wears out its welcome. So I think it's fundamentally better than the combat in Mirror's Edge, which didn't really fit that game, but it's still not very good. Yeah. So it's like they learned absolutely nothing. No, I, I, I think it's still a better game than the first one. Like um, the set pieces <clears throat> in it are incredible. Uh, the fact that you've got the uh, they've obviously made this for uh, you know PC and next gen consoles means that they, you know, you you, you are you, you do see it all in real time. You go from the bottom of a skyscraper to the top, and you can see your playing space in the open world the entire time, and mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. it's incredible. And then like uh, the set piece is just a bit grander as well. Like I did an amazing level where you destabilize the um, earthquake controls on a skyscraper that's in construction. And like then you have to escape from it as the thing's starting to crumble around you, and that's <coughs> the best mission I've honestly done in like any game in years. Like I had so much fun doing that. Why is Faith destroying buildings? She gets blackmailed into doing it by this bad guy. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, um, spoilers. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, but I honestly don't think that if anyone's playing Mirror's Edge for the the story, I don't know. You've made a, you've made a terrible error. Yeah, that's that's not really a spoiler anyway, because I didn't say who's blackmailing who. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, yeah. And that's only halfway through the game as yeah. well. Go, Faith, go and disable the um, earthquake controls in this building. It'll be good. <laughs> good times will be had. Oh no, she's not been tricked into it. She's been blackmailed. Yeah, she's been forced. All right, I thought she was sort of fooled and <laughs> no, she's right. not. Uh, she's not happy about it. You know, yeah. she's slightly livid, but um, <laughs> but slightly miffed. But like, um, PC gamers Tony Ellis was watching me as I was playing that level, and like, um, watched as I released the final kind of like thing, and it started to crumble, and I I made this perfect escape of like rolling and wall running <clears> and. Um, and, he, and he just went, wow, that looks really exciting. And yeah. I was like, yeah, that's, that was so cool. And it's afterwards just had to breathe for a while. <laughs> um, what so- about that um, stuff people were complaining about that we talked about on a previous podcast about the unlock system? Is that not even a, an issue? Is that just, like you said, a way of slowly drip feeding you the abilities? Yeah. It's a tutorial. Yeah, basically. Yeah. It starts as that, and then it's got a couple of things that it adds on top. So um, you do within the first hour, you have everything you can do in the first uh, Mirror's Edge game. And then um, later on, you can unlock stuff like Faith's got a slightly faster um, like pipe climbing <coughs> maneuver. So like, um, which is, if you played the first game though, she does very slowly. Climb <laughs> yeah, pipes. I remember that. Why yeah. make that upgrade? Why not just yeah, make that's, a pipe? That's a really strange upgrade. It's, I don't know how she kind of learned halfway through. I got some Wait better gloves. I can scamper <laughs> up this thing. Faster. What if I did this quicker? <laughs> <laughs> um, so there's and then there's other upgrades like. Um, to enemies like attacks to certain enemies will do more damage like you you pick one per class of enemy and then when you fight them it's a bit easier to take them on there's also a move you get um in the uh, melee combat which i do like called scramble which will make the headsets kind of like screech and then enemies in a kind of radius will you can land a free hit for each one of them i quite like that but um it's not quite enough of a uh, enough of an upgrade system to really be worth it it's borderline i'd say um, you also get this mag rope thing, which is like um, Spider-Man style swinging ability, um, which I quite like. Um, it's not a kind of, I thought it was going to be a kind of canned animation thing where it took you across the, the map, but it's, it's not really. Like you, you still have to pick the right moment to jump off of it to, to shave seconds off times. And um, the other thing you can do in the game is you can create time trials. And so when I was using that kind of like swing rope uh, whilst doing it, I saw that my ghost on a previous run had swung a bit too high so when I went off I, I, I leapt off as soon as I mm. you know the second I could so, so it's another thing to think involved. about yeah, yeah it's and another can thing it hook on any, anything or is it set points set points yeah. um, which is mm. a bit of a shame like I, I, 
I do wish they'd use more of it, but I can see why they didn't want to take too much attention away from the free running and make yeah. it a game about that. But it did make me think a first-person Spider-Man game could be amazing. Yeah. You could fly around a city like that. And like, there's one bit where you can mag rope over like a freeway at like rush hour, and you just see it below, and there's like, tons of cars going past, and good. Blade Runner-esque cityscape in the distance. You're like, holy crap, this is amazing. Mm. Um, yeah. So as a, as a location, it's an, it's an incredible place. And um, yeah, and I, 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 I don't know, I, I'm, I, I, I like it, but it's that thing where... The low points are so bad that I, I, it did affect the score, you know, quite seriously because people will get so pissed off by doing mandatory fights because mm. the combat system's not doesn't have enough depth for that to be interesting or satisfying. So they could have they could have literally just not had three mandatory fights and had a much better score. Yeah, that's that's how I felt about <laughs> it. If you ch- if you trim those out of the game, I, I I wouldn't have a problem with the story at all. I enjoyed every single mission. Mm. I thought it was great, and then. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know why they're in the game. It's madness. They were probably like, we designed this combat system. We better make sure someone uses it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we don't want people to just skip it all yeah. the while. Because most, but a lot of people would just not bother. So. Yeah, no, men, probably... maybe they should learn a thing from that. <laughs> yeah, I don't. But like, the worst thing is like, two of those fights take place in the same arena, the exact same arena. Mm-hmm. You come back to it, but it has robot turrets in it now, which are just. Oh dreadful what? and that, that's the only section they appear in in the whole story <laughs> and like, you have to deactivate these turrets without getting shot it's just crap um, and then there's these uh, these really kind of powerful enemies called sentinels you have to fight later on as well which are the hottest of bullshit um, they'll just uh, they'll just like no matter where you're standing they'll do like a kind of homing punch attack and take you out and you have to keep doing these Mario style leaps on top of them to do damage but you have to it takes about 10 minutes to take one down and like there's, I've had two mandatory fights with them, and it was rubbish. That sounds tedious. It is tedious, <coughs> but um, but again, it, that probably only collectively represents like thirty minutes of the whole yeah. game. And the rest of the game is great. And uh, one thing I really like they've added to it is uh, you've got these um, within the open world these uh, these kind of like tower puzzles, which when you inside these places look like it looks like portal in terms of color scheme, and there's trip wires everywhere, and you have to kind of like you have to. Uh, kind of climb the thing and activate this computer at the top and figuring out how you do it is a puzzle in itself and it's a lot trickier than any of the stuff you have in the open world because avoiding the wires can be genuinely hard you have to like it can be a split second like leg lift to avoid the wire and stuff like that and uh, see, that sounds like something designed to the to complement the game rather than yeah 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 like well, combat to sort of go against what it what it is yeah that's it i can, I can yeah. see why they thought the combat was was good and I think it would work without the mandatory encounters because you'd use it so little that you wouldn't you wouldn't get that granular with with it and and understand how it doesn't work um but yeah it's uh it's subpar for sure so it's a weird old game to review that one um yeah because I come out of it recommending like the first game the platforming the world building uh and then hating the story and the uh and the combat well people were worried that they were gonna sort of uh Make a game that was too different from the original, but they've made one with all the same problems. So, like in that it, respect, yeah. it's very faithful. Yeah, the, <laughs> the, the, the problems are just ma- are the same, but they're just in a different form. It's weird. Yeah. It's like I know it's like some kind of like short story where the protagonist doesn't learn their lesson, <laughs> and then later on, I know later in the story, just kills his best friend or something. I don't know, <laughs> don't know where that's going. <laughs> but, but like, uh, yeah, it's uh, it's it's just uh, a, a weird one because I also think it's too expensive. I only saw this um, on Origin as I was um, writing the review like, mm. yesterday afternoon, but it's fifty pounds. This is a forty pound game. How long? Pay is it? forty pounds for it. Like um, a ten hour uh, thing, not counting time trials. And... It's the main story is ten to eleven hours, yeah, yeah, which is longer than the first game. 
Um, and I think the time trial stuff is worth it. Like I do still want to play some some more of it and do do some time trials and speed runs. Yeah, and stuff. checking all the stuff with creating your own routes and seeing your friend scores and that sounds quite yeah like really <clears throat> quite interesting, quite social. Yeah, for sure. Fifty pounds. But yeah, that's, that's yeah. a so lot much money. of Sixty dollars yeah. in the US. Let's not pretend that is the same amount of money. And Quantum Break I mean, as well was another one that was yeah. Yeah, I like mean, an eight-hour game. Like, yeah. Fifty pounds is not sixty dollars. I mean, unless we leave the um, EU, in which case it will uh, it, it will be in no time. But, you know. <laughs> Free games for everyone, according to the <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, um, it's uh, that's how I feel about Mirror's Edge Catalyst. Do you have any more questions for me about that game, or should we move on to something else? My favorite part of Mirror's Edge One was uh, a bit where you're being chased by a load of other runners, and the feeling of being chased in that game is amazing. Uh, does the second one kind of capitalise on that at all? Is there a helicopter sequence essentially? Every game, every every video game. It has, has a GTA a... style. Wanted me to where if you if you get caught by a security camera, a helicopter will actually fly <laughs> ahead and start dropping soldiers at you. Yeah, nice. Um, being being chased. I don't know. I don't, I don't feel specifically chased by a runner or anything like that. But there's plenty of moments where you have to run or everything around you will collapse. Like mm, that's, that's cool. yeah. There's a lot of peril. A lot, a lot of mile peril. Getting a lot of mileage out of frostbite. Are they? Yeah, it looks <clears> incredible. That's the other thing is it will make you want to play Mass Effect Andromeda so much because yeah, you'll be like yeah, an yeah. alien planet could look this good. You know, mm. um, new FIFA is going to be in frostbite as well. Frostbite's yeah. <laughs> taking over the world. So make you want to play it? Yeah, the, the stadium collapses. <laughs> they should have like levolution in the stadium, so it's like um, if, you score, if, if you, you do a goal too goals, hard, yeah. the entire <laughs> the ground rips open in an earthquake. Be amazing. You have angered the football gods. <laughs> well, we, that would uh, get me to play a football game. We do. We do. In that moment, it sounds so much like people who know nothing about football. <laughs> <laughs> football gods. That's what happens when you score a nine goal? It's... Indeed. It's it's nice tech. Like I don't I don't know if it's um it doesn't I don't even know if it's the most advanced version of Frostbite there is. Like it doesn't. I'd say it doesn't quite look as nice as um Star Wars in in terms of like mm. the sort of textures and and how the world looks like. I think it might be. It feels a bit pared down because the, you don't need to show a lot of detail in that world. You just need to have a lot of cool hmm. surfaces, some like yeah, shards angles, and angles and colours. <clears> there's plenty of that. Um, that's what they love. But, Whereas Star Wars lent a lot on like lighting effects and get, getting the exact sort of filters right. And it, and it sounded like it was quite uh, demanding in terms of um, your hardware setup as well. Hmm. And that could be an optimization thing. But Mirror's Edge runs. Like beautifully on high on my 780 at home, so I do wonder if it's because it's been in the works for so long. It's mm. just it's mm. an older version of the tech. I don't know. That's speculation. But um, yes, without getting too much into that, it's a beautiful game with some flaws. Um, but if you love the first one, you'll love this one too. That's how I felt about it. Um, okay, cool. So Andy, you've been playing The Witcher Three: Blood and Wine, mm. right? Which Tom has <coughs> reviewed for us already. Um, but you've been taking lots of lovely screenshots of yeah, uh, it's Geralt's holiday in Tuscany. Yeah, it's bloody what! What a great DLC! Yeah, like, good, imagine a world where every expansion was that good. Yeah, it's just it's it's kind of like a, it reminds me of like Lost and Damned and Bard of Gaetoni in terms of just a, you know, but even but better than that because it's they've created a whole new mm. setting and it's like one of the most beautiful open worlds there is. Which it's is if you don't know, it's set in a place called Tucson, which is kind of like a. It's like south of France meets Switzerland meets all all these kind of beautiful the most beautiful parts of like lush like Bologna in Europe Italy. yeah, yeah. <clears throat> and um it, it's funny there's a kind of fish out of water thing where Geralt goes there and you know Geralt's a, a, a grizzled witcher who's seen you know he's seen lived some things. For, yeah he's seen some shit and he's Ooh. yeah and he goes to Tucson and it's like they're all sort of 
the people he meets are all kind of chivalry obsessed knights and really flamboyant and they wear gold armor and have plumed helms and stuff and that inherently is just entertaining seeing like grizzled scarred Geralt among all these sort of twats <laughs> basically <clears throat> um so yeah it, like the main game it's kind of a it's almost like a fantasy police procedural. There's a serial killer on the loose, and you've got you know you should f- find the clues and find out who's killing all these knights. Geralt among like all these posh dandies was that a lot like how you as a Scottish man felt coming <laughs> to Bath? <laughs> yeah, maybe that's why I enjoy it so much. I relate to it. Yeah, all these fops when I came to Bath, it was all. When yeah, you came in and saw us all there in our golden armor, yeah. typing at our keyboards. All these like, Morris dancers. I, I resent being referred to as a fop. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. Yeah. <laughs> um, what's cool about it is I, I never finished the main game of The Witcher 3. Like, I've played it for 50 plus hours and never finished yeah. it. And um, what's good about Blood and Wine, though, is that when you start the game up, you can choose to start with a pre-leveled character who's leveled to the appropriate level. And what's cool about that is that it, you start with you know appropriate gear and stuff. You start at level 32, I think. Um and what it does is it you can still go to all the other regions in the game all it's done is blocked off the main quest it's assumed that you've finished the main quest so you can go back to Valen you can go to White Orchard you can go anywhere Oxenfree and you can mm. Oxenfoot sorry Oxenfree is a video game we were just talking about Oxenfree yeah. before we started recording <clears throat> yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> um, and what, what that's kind of done is it's turned the game into what I wanted it to be which is like a sort of wandering samurai simulator mm. so I with no main quest and no wild hunt and no you know, stuff to worry about like that. I'm just sort of wandering around now, like outside of Tucson, just going, just finding notice boards, going to villages, picking up jobs, and it's kind of turned The Witcher into like a brilliant, like his wandering warrior type thing. Cool. So that's cool. You're like a sort of cell sword, if you want to use a Game of Thrones type term. Um, but yeah, mostly I've been spending all my time in Tucson though, because it's just nuts. It's like a, it's, there's a big fairy tale castle in the middle of it o- overlooking this like beautiful valleys and forests and there's some like darker areas and the sort of lower corners where it's uh, you, you a big part of the plot involves vampires and it's not all vampires in which universe are, are bad so you sort of hang out with some vampires in a graveyard to give you a bit of change of scenery <laughs> like the goth um, kids yeah in a park <laughs> yeah it's really it's just really nice and I, I I've got a free camera tool that I found for it and I was flying around last night for ages just taking a million screenshots of how how pretty it is um, but yeah the quests are great as well I don't want I'm not going to spoil any specifics but there's a quest involving spoons oh yeah that's a good one. that is just like it's just so good and it, it's not necessarily a combat based quest it's one of those ones with just the the story and the the sort of weird thing you encounter mm. is so unique and is it a spoon yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's a lot of spoons there's hundreds of spoons yeah, I, I don't want to say any more though but it's just a great bit of um, the spoon king <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's just well, it's upon where... my coat of spoons because <laughs> yeah. you can't can... fight him because the light reflects off his spoons <laughs> yeah. yeah and uh, Geralt's got a silver spoon and a steel spoon yeah <laughs> uh, <laughs> Oh, is the enemy like giant pudding? Yeah. <laughs> wow. It's amazing. Um, but yeah, it does that thing where it, that the Witcher does where it's it's high fantasy that's in some ways familiar, but then it sort of has the Eastern European uh, folklore influence, which makes it just have to, gives it that distinct feel. And yeah, just t- Tucson is just a beautiful place to hang around, and you get your own vineyard that you can just like upgrade and stuff. It's even you know it's like you can um, upgrade the exterior and uh, hang up. Trophies and paintings inside. You oh, can, cool! So it's the it's it's apparently, my spoon collection. Yeah, <laughs> it needs a spoon shelf. It's, it's sorely lacking that. But yeah, like apparently in the the fiction, Geralt like witches rally on property, so it's kind of like a a first kind of for him to settle down. So I like the idea that after I deal with what the vamp, 
vampiric serial killer into a song that I'll just have a set down in my vineyard and that's the end of the game. Mm. Oh, cool. He, <laughs> but yeah, no, it's, yeah, it's, it's brilliant. And I, I am, um, it was, how much is it? It's like 17 quid. Yeah. yeah I, I bought so. it and I've, I, you know, shot horror. Yes. I actually bought a game, but it's still, I, I feel like Easy it's 30 it. hours of, they could have released it as the standalone game and it would have been, would have been great. I can't believe I got the expansion pass of Amazon for eight ninety nine. That's the, uh, that's, that's amazing. Wow. Yeah. yeah. I think there was a pricing error at Christmas, but yeah. Got both of them downloaded yeah. for nine quid. That's good value. That's really good value. Once it's done, I think I'm gonna play Heart Heartstone. Yeah, I've not played that one I've yet. Not played that. It makes yeah. me just want to be back in that world. But I like the idea now that I can, once I'm done in Tucson, I could just go back to the main world and just do random side quests, mm. which apparently are the best quests anyway. Oh, some yeah. of them are great. Yeah. So yeah, that's that's cool. It's like it's turned the Witcher into this. I've always dreamed of a game where you just wander around the fantasy world, being like a mercenary, and it's that this DLC pre-leveled character thing sort of turned it into that. So that's. It's really cool. I've heard um I've I've uh, heard many people now say that they kind of wish wish this was the future of The Witcher and there'd just be an expansion every year that was like this. Yeah, that'd be brilliant. Yeah. That, and then like, you know, I guess the fourth yeah. one comes out in or, or maybe it never does, I don't know. Because they've but, improved the graphical tech as well. I think there's a bigger draw distance and you can see more foliage. And some people have said on Twitter that they've gone back to previous eras in the game and they look better, but I don't know if that's psychological. I'd like there to was, know for sure. Yeah, there, were, there was a pretty hefty patch released around about the same time Bloodline uh, was out, and it was like five, six gigabytes of patch. Uh, so it's pretty amazing. Yeah. And that's, you know. So that that's, yeah, if they just keep, you know, updating the game like that, giving it a visual boost and uh, releasing these amazing expansions, then I'd be, I'd be down for that. Like The Witcher just being like a season of a... Hmm. I mean, that's, yeah, that's, yeah, that's cool. It's kind of the the <clears throat> groove paradox I've got into with a lot of their games is I oh, will give you a big free patch, but we'll also give you this yeah. chunk of whatever to play. But that in an RPG setting would be great. Yeah, that's yeah. so what I always dreamt of with Bioware games, mm. where like you'd get I don't know like over well, Mass Effect Two particularly, and you had like Overlord, and then you had um, Shadow Broker, and I was like, oh, let's yeah. just do one of these like every three months. Yeah, yeah Bioware I, Bioware's really not on. It just seems like they don't put as much effort into a lot of their. DLC, there's a lot of tripe out there no, when it I, comes to. I, I agree with that. There's also Citadel, which mm. clearly is amazing. Yeah, yeah I thought Omega but, was a bit, bit phoned in. Yeah, I don't want the phoned in. Make uh, says that they implies that they're lazy and just you know tapped it out on a weekend. But I compared to the other DLCs, Omega felt a bit. Yeah, by the numbers. Two, two's uh, Mar- uh, sorry, Dragon Age Two's Mark of the Assassin was really, really good. Mm. The one that had uh, Felicia Day in it. That yeah, was excellent. but nothing from Inquisition was particularly great, and certainly either. nothing on this scale. Like what mm. they've what they've, oh, made, yeah, no, what no. they've made here is like a, an old-fashioned PC game expansion, right? Yeah. Like uh, like they used yeah, to do yeah. in the nineties. You know, you get in a box on a disc for like twenty quid. Yeah. Like that's that seems to be the sort of thing they've gone for. And you, you know. can take all your uh, all the stuff you get if you've not finished the main quest, and you go to Tucson. All the stuff you've you know, pick up it that can be then taken. So you, it was quite. I had sort of uh, Geralt and Roach decked out and all this sort of finery, and went back to Velen, and it just mm-hmm. looked so weird, like seeing him riding through this muddy field with hanged bodies everywhere, wearing like this gleaming Tucson armor. I quite like that kind of uh, coming back with the spoils of your uh, yeah. your quest. Now I'm the fop. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, yeah. I kind of role put it in my head that you you can you can go along with all the uh, traditions and curtsying and all that mm. stuff or you can like sort of just refuse to do it and I, in my head my Geralt's secretly loving it <laughs> so I've kind of I've, do, yeah he's getting into it but he doesn't want to admit it you do get that sense from him generally like that comes out in a lot of the story beats um, yeah in the main game there is a quest where you've got to hold a theater production and he kind of loves it as much <laughs> yeah. as he complains about it he really gets into it as yeah. well it's quite cute in a way yeah. <laughs> it's like yeah I like that that side of him he's, he's he seems a lot more human and uh 
this he's got a bit more humor and a bit more lightness to him in Blood and Wine. I don't know if that's just a I reflection think that comes of the through kind of, in The Witch Three in general, yeah. more so than in like The Witch Two and definitely mm. The Witcher One. Yeah, there is some like humor. He's he's a lot more likable, I find, than um, in it, Three than previous games. Yeah. I think that their their writing has just gotten better and better and better. Like the yeah. way they um that they write these quite you know you've seen these characters before the characters you're meeting in Blood and Wine in other fantasy settings but they're just so kind of perfectly realized and so quickly realized as well like they yeah. establish characters really really fast mm. like you, you, the, the two knights in Tucson that you, that draw you into the quest you get exactly what they're about in like under a minute yeah. there's a well. great um there's some great little character moments like the duchess you meet you know she's wearing this big like ornate dress and then uh, suddenly you're you're on the hunt for the serial killer and she rips her skirt off yeah. to repeal like re, uh, reveal like a pair of riding jodhpurs and jumps on a horse and runs off <laughs> and, it, and it's a brilliant moment because you're like it just reveals so much about her. She's not mm. like a sort of um, coddled uh, lady. She's Man, like that's yeah. such a contrast. The Witcher Two's like endless, oh, like, God, yeah. you know, thunder cannoning tits at you. Like, <laughs> yeah. Every every single cutscene, just yeah. like you know, boobs, just like uh, there, it's not it, quite that bad. There is uh, an extraordinary sex scene in uh, yeah. Blood and Wine, uh, yeah. which if you're not going to play it, you should just look at it on YouTube because it's hilarious. Yeah, <laughs> it's, really, it's just really, it's quite out there it's yeah. nuts it's really strange it's funny how the whole series though is like transcended that sort of like <clears throat> b or c list uh european rpg thing that you get in games like risen or two worlds mm. and like it's become this this you know major yeah. it's become like, this whole other <clears throat> new yeah, thing comparing yeah. which one which three is a surreal experience yeah. because one you collect fucking little little gaudy cards every time you sleep with a woman <laughs> Oh, like, the magic and the other one, like, <laughs> the other one. If you try and romance too many people at the same time, it's got a special outcome where you're punished for it. Essentially, but, you're... what's amazing is that they've done that in eight years. Like this, yeah. eight years between mm. those games. Like I- I've achieved nothing in eight. Years, like, <laughs> I just, uh, yeah, it's, it's amazing. Uh, Phil, you're actually playing just normal Witcher, aren't you? Yeah, I'm uh, finally getting around to, to going you, the main you game. had to actually um, le- not go to the pub last week because you needed to go and play the Witcher. Isn't that right? Well, I really <laughs> wanted to go and play the Witcher, but. I'd too much pizza, so I actually got home and just lay down for a bit, and then <laughs> and then I watched some wrestling, and then I went to bed. Your your experience of The Witcher may differ. <laughs> okay, cool then. So other on the uh, on the <clears throat> RPG DLC front, you've been playing Fallout 4's Far Harbor a little bit. Yeah, I dragged myself away from The Witcher, uh, so I had something to talk about on this podcast. And, and uh, yeah, other than Hitman, we've decided we're not going to talk about Hitman for a while, mm. Uh, mm. at least until episode four, because it's been every week because they keep <laughs> doing things. Yeah, we're not going to talk about any more elusive targets. So just in advance, I've I've probably fucked it up. Uh, and (laughs) Phil's probably done it and so's Andy sometimes Far Harbour uh, looks like the exact opposite of Tucson. It anyway, looks like yeah. dreary. <laughs> back to, f- back yeah. to Fallout. <laughs> it's, um, it's quite dreary. I don't, I don't feel any urge to go there. I'm mm. going to be honest, I was sad going back to Fallout to an extent because I had to deal with like its whole interface situation and oh, I'll get, it's I'll just get, a I'll difficult a game to get through the menus back. and stuff. Like just, just on that level, it's a after after going through The Witcher and getting really into that, going back to Fallout is a bit dreary and and difficult. Far Harbor, it doesn't help that it's like a PlayStation 2 game in that it's fog everywhere. Only, <laughs> yeah. only this time it's meant to be for atmosphere instead of draw distances. The foggiest game but since the, Turok 2. <laughs> I think, yeah. <laughs> Part of the problem with atmospheric fog is, I think, 
anyone who's been playing games long enough is just used to over stylized fog as yeah. a way to hide yeah, I mean, I, I put, technical issues. I put the original Silent Hill on PS1 on the other day. That is a dreadful it's game. Like three feet in front of you, can't you? It's like, yeah. yeah. And then you get attacked by three identical monsters and then die. That's, and I turn it off immediately. I just, yeah, yeah, that's, that's fog in games. Basically, yeah. Um, so. For Harbour Starts, um, you, you go to uh, Nick Valentine's detective agency and the secretary there gives you a quest. She she gives you a case. Despite the fact Nick's there with you, she gives you the case. She's talking to you and saying, oh, will you take this case? On? And it's like, I'm not, I'm not, I don't run this they place. They could have just put one line in where he says, uh, you know, they could have acknowledged that with one line of dialogue and it would have felt less weird. Yeah, just yeah. cast yeah. and he goes, this is my detective yeah. agency. <laughs> this is my agency. It's like, I will take this case. You, sidekick, do you want to come along? That would <laughs> yeah. have been fine. That's but the no. thing, isn't it? It's like, there's that thing where, so because the companion system, it's like, this. It's, it's always in square brackets, is with you. It's uh, it's just sort of weird, you know? Yeah. But, um, yeah, so then, where so do, then how, uh, do you, how do you get there? Okay, so right on the um, northeast corner of the map, you find this sort of little house uh by by the sea um and in there there's there's a family who want you to go looking for their daughter um you find out that their daughter has had a kind of identity crisis and suspects she might be a synth uh so she's been kind of uh tempted out to this place called far harbor which has got a synth refuge uh somewhere on it um so that's why she's gone uh the the family are like I gave birth to her. She's clearly not a synth. But at this point, I don't know where that's going. Um, but from there, you just catch a boat out to Far Harbour. Um, is it like, which, is it, have they plonked it into the map or is it like a loading break? You get in the boat and it loads up. Uh, you get on the boat, you drive away a bit and it loads up. Ah, and right. you, you know, you're on a completely different map and you're, yeah. in, a, you're in a different area. Um, yes, you're on... Uh, you're on a very dark, dingy, foggy area. The the fog is radioactive and is it's capital capital F fog. It's the fog, and monsters come out of the fog. They're quite uh, quite fucked up looking monsters as well, aren't they? Yeah, there's some like really really weird like um, mutated <clears throat> walking fish and some. Ooh, I don't like that. Crazy insects fish and with stuff legs. like that. Yeah, <laughs> just plodding around. What a great image! It's all like a big frog, but they're thing like as well. They're like anglerfish with a little like um. No, like you see the lights in the, through the, the lights or something. Yeah, that's really yeah. cool. I like that. Mm. Yeah. Is that not? Is it? Are they not sort of like good? I I, I guess you just mowed them down with a Tommy gun. They really struggle to get the right atmosphere at the right time because it's an open world RPG, and you might not be wandering through an area at the right time of day or with the right weather conditions right. to get the best of that monster like i i get what you're saying like the lights kind of emerging through the shadows could be the really creepy weird thing but i went through and it was sort of evening so everything was just shitty gray yeah and it, there, there was no atmosphere to it whatsoever well, i'm actually quite sad to hear that because like um as an environment you're not making it sound that compelling whereas i, think, I thought point lookout with fallout 3 was awesome yeah for example. but a part of my problem is point lookout like felt different to the the wasteland like you were definitely in a new location and everything was kind of weird and eerie. Yeah. Whereas <clears throat> Far Harbour's just in Maine, so it's just New what? England again. It's just a bit, it's more New England, but this time with a bit more of a maritime theme. Yeah, so I know, I'd, I'd quite like to, I know, let's go to Santa Monica. Yeah. Let's go. I think I've suggested that for two games now, but like, uh, I don't know, it, just it, go, take you somewhere else. It, yeah, it does need, and I sort of get why they don't want to say, oh, you go to, you know, you, we're going to go 
far out because you know the question becomes well how do you get there take a plane no yeah, you don't true. take a plane yeah. um, so okay it needs to be within short boat take distance take a Versi bird yeah, that's a good point yeah. I guess you could take do. the airship they, and well, inexplicably like, they've still got active uh, airships and Verti birds but no one's figured out how to get cars running again <laughs> yeah exactly yeah <laughs> uh, there's not many Bertie good birds in my game. Not after what I did. <laughs> I've, um, I've still got to go back and do that, actually. Um, um, but it involves building up some settlement stuff. And all of that, I don't like that. And for what I've realized now, like, I don't enjoy it. Um, there anyway. is more settlement stuff in Far Harbor. I was going to say. You do quickly yeah. get a couple of places that you can. Luckily, you can uh, set up a supply line between the Commonwealth and Far Harbor, so you can bring all your items over, and you don't have you don't have that organisational nightmare to deal with. Yeah, they just uh, I found that no matter what I built, it just looked messy or felt messy. Oh, I just wasn't happy with it. It always looks a bit shitty. It looked, um, it's, a, it's a metal shed with four shitty beds there that, like, you know, my dudes sleep. It's like, in. guys, it's been hundreds of years. Learn how to make bricks. Yeah, that's learn bricklaying. It's and, not difficult. And what are all they, those people doing while I'm out? Finding all the stuff, they're just standing around and enjoying, you know, enjoying my orange plants. You know, anyway, sorry. Um, <laughs> but you uh, put them to work, Sam. You meant to, you meant to get them doing stuff. No, I do that, but sometimes they just their pathfinding gets broken. Or that <laughs> that guy, um, the 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 guy, the door to door seller, is always just sat in the same place mm. doing nothing. Like he's <laughs> the, the most useless. Me- I'm tempted to just shoot him in the head. He's like, oh, thank you so much for giving me a place in this community. Well, not anymore, motherfucker. Bang, <laughs> you're dead now. Anyway, his, uh, his trade sort of uh, not really useful now. You know, selling vaults, access to vaults. Uh, no, exactly. That's all he knows how to do. So cool. yeah, um, I, I only keep him around because he's got the same voice as Colonel Campbell from uh, Metal Gear Solid. So <laughs> oh, yeah, can't quite bear to. Yeah. Yeah. The reason he still lives and breathes. <laughs> <laughs> and the only reason Sam hasn't gone full Daniel Plainview on his ass <laughs> is that he has a voice that is nice. Okay, well, what else is in fun? Like, uh, um, is that about it? Yeah, the, there is, other than that, the usual Fallout stuff. Do you go through a, uh, sort of wrecked buildings and shoot lots of enemies and then come out and get a reward for it? Yeah, you do quite a lot of that. Uh, New weapons? But sometimes there's a ship, and you've got to go through the ship and uh, shoot all the enemies and get a reward for it and go back and... Is count. there any improvement to the sort of um, RPG side of it that was criticised, the sort of quite any more okay, branching um, quests uh... actually I will say and this this is coming second hand from Chris Livingston's review uh, because I've not I've only played like three or four hours so I'm just getting a handle on some of the side quests and it's a lot of help this small community that is in bath you know that, that is sort of the last refuge holding out against the fog yeah. um, so a lot of that is just go to a place and kill people missions but it sounds like on the certainly on the main path and I don't know about other side quests there is a, more of an opportunity to talk your way out of problems ah, which good. is something Fallout 4 had very little of <clears throat> yeah um, that's good to hear yeah so people people have been a lot a lot more um, it, have enjoyed its RPG nature a lot more yeah uh, which mm. okay so I mean that's promising but it's it is difficult to just be in a space that is so dreary looking when everybody's posting Twitter screenshots of blood and wine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can which see that. looks great. Yeah. So it's like, oh that looks like a holiday that game. Yeah. 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 Maybe maybe I do need to just get the Witcher out of my system before I actually go back yeah. and, and play like Fallout properly. When else has gone gone on holiday to France and you've gone on holiday to <laughs> Plymouth. <laughs> yeah. yeah, basically. It's, it's such a shame because I can see what they're going for in terms of tone and look and I don't know what it is. I think it's just like a problem with the engine and and the way uh, lighting works within that engine that it just 
doesn't quite fit together. It does look quite like Fallout can be pretty at times, but also sometimes it looks quite flat. The light mm. is quite flat, and so if you're gonna have this really dark, shadowy environment, I can see why that wouldn't that engine wouldn't do it. it I mean, it is it's probably the classic Bethesda thing. We just we just need to wait for a few few decent mods. Yeah, you know, a couple of the mods that actually a couple of the subtle mods that actually do do that style justice <clears> and not like you get with Skyrim where somebody loads up 70 yeah, fucking turns the bloom up to 500% yeah and some blog yeah. puts up a thing going oh look how beautiful mods look <laughs> and you're just like that's a you've fucking destroyed any kind of personality from that. <laughs> yeah. just turn the contrast <laughs> up to and the uh, saturation <laughs> up full and go better graphics but yeah so <laughs> someone will do that to Far Harbor and it'll look, it'll look amazing we sound quite cool on Fallout 4, but I still think it's a great game. Yeah, like no, uh... I really like it. And um, you asked if there were new guns, and there, 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 are, there does seem to be a lot of new equipment, and I've not found much in the way of... I've not found much yet that is so <coughs> out there that I'd switch out from my current loadout. I've got a, a really good Power Armor stealth build, which is ridiculous every time it... Every time it comes into practice, <laughs> this giant stompy robot creeps up and stabs people for ten <laughs> times sneak attack damage. Do you have a fire sword as well? Uh, I've got an electric sword now. I've upgraded to an electric sword. Nice. <laughs> yeah, you never see him coming. <laughs> Again, electric swords, but still no one's figured out how to get a car. <laughs> like, Prioritising the cars Come on. and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't know, I've not, I've cool sniper rifle, but yeah, it looks like there's lots. Of, like, I'm coming up against a lot of legendary enemies now, uh, especially it seems more so in Far Harbor. In fact, so there's plenty of chance to get decent loot off things. Are there new new enemies? Are there new legendary enemies then? Uh, yeah, there's um, so there are some new kind of types within. Um, there, there are trappers, and I'm not sure how they're different to bandits, but they are. Sometimes they wear like crab cages on their head as helmet armor. So I guess that's cool. Nautical uh, bandits. Yeah, they're just nautical bandits, but not pirates. <laughs> Specifically, not pirates. Yeah. Just it's like if World's Deadliest Catch was. Yeah. Was sort of where they were like southwesters and, and mm. uh, with beards and cob pipes. That sounds brilliant. Sure. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm all for kind of scarier enemies and Fallout. Like uh, I don't know. I thought it might be nice to some uh, some of those kind of like. Um, what they call ghouls just uh, walk to you, towards you like exorcist style like well, uh, kind of weird uh, messed up animation and stuff like yeah, no, they the, can always go scary the ghouls are very much the same but there is a new type called fog ghoul and they seem to just emerge <coughs> out of the fog it seems like <coughs> the fog is radioactive so you, you kind of need that protection as you're walking through and that kind of helps the atmosphere a bit because the guy counter's always going and you think okay I mean, it's not quite as amazing as the glowing sea in, in just base fallout right. but there is a sense that okay, well, this is a dangerous thing, and things can just attack me. And there's always the radiation, so there's kind of that that bleakness to it. That's the good kind of bleakness where you're like, okay, this is this is telling me a story with how shitty it is, as opposed to just looking shitty. Oh, okay. Uh, um, but no, nope, I've forgotten what I was going to say. That's I was right. in the middle of a point, and then I lost it. Uh, talking about weapons, legendary enemies. I don't know. No. Mm, okay. We'll just move we on to something else. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that yes. was a good conversation. How we will remember it. You were just dreaming of Tucson, weren't you? Yeah, thinking, that's it. Oh, I want to be in the vineyards, not this old there's foggy. A, there's a whole new Gwent deck out there. I don't play Gwent, so I'm missing out. You, on all you that. are missing out. <laughs> I'm going to try and learn Gwent. I tried playing it a few times and couldn't get my head around it. So. You're talking about it like it's learning like how to program. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's like just a card game. I was game always rubbish it. at. I think I always rubbish at like Pazak and um, <laughs> the only mini game I got really good at was Triple Triad. So. 
If I can get a new triple tried in my life in the form of Gwen. Yeah, you should go, you should, go think, back to Verlaine. Yeah. The, where the starter people are. Yeah. You could go back to the swamp to learn how to play cards. Yeah. And then <laughs> become the, the greatest Gwent player. That's the yeah. only joke. That seems like, a, like, in terms of, like, your headcanon, Andy, that's, that sounds like something your Gerald would do. Like, Scott's yeah. Vineyard, I'm, I'm going to go learn to play cards. <laughs> yeah. Now I'm going to be the I've greatest the card player in the world. <laughs> <laughs> that's quite a good little word. Uh, yeah, if, if you do that, you should write a diary about it. It's yeah. Really, really mm. fun. Yeah, okay, cool. All right. Good. So uh, the last game we're going to talk about today is uh, Sherlock Holmes and the, the Devil's, Devil's Daughter, Daughter, which is yes. um, in uh, a category of <clears throat> Steam games that I call Andy Kelly games, <laughs> um, yeah. along with anything that looks a bit like Blade Runner. Yeah. Um, wh- why does the Sherlock Holmes series have sort of? Why yeah. do you have such an affinity for it, Andy? Well, only only one of them really. I never played Frogwares. Have been making Sherlock Holmes games for a million years, but it was the previous game, Crimes and Punishments, the first one I played, which was a, a marked leap in production values and quality. And it's legit one of the best detective games you know you can play on PC. Um, it kind of it does what Alien Noir sort of threatened to do, and I love Alien Noir, but um, Alien Noir gives you the illusion of solving a crime, whereas in Crimes and Punishments, um, you could you could gather the evidence, you know, interview people, and then you make the call at the end. You choose who to charge or what decision to make, and it can be wrong, and you get the option to look and see if you were wrong or not. But I kind of and I, I like not and just living with my kind of decisions. So there's some genuine like agency over what evidence to piece together to come to the conclusion you know you just you do some actual detecting so i was obviously loving that game excited about devil's daughter um which the review will be up soon um i'm still in the middle of playing it now um and it's they've gone back in time and they've redesigned holmes and watson and they look weird (laughs) they've made sherlock look exactly like john ham he looks exactly like him. They've, they've, I'm convinced he's a modeled it on. That's a good-looking man, right there. He is, but he just doesn't. It of doesn't all the suit. men, he's up there. <laughs> yeah, but in the, in the previous game and in other Sherlock games, you know, Sherlock, you imagine a certain, looking a certain way. He's like a sort of, um, he's not John Ham. You know, it just feels weird. And for some reason, Watson's been redesigned to have like trendy facial hair. He looks like a steampunk cosplayer. Oh, that's annoying. Yeah, they've, they've done <laughs> they've done something weird to it, and it's supposed to be them when they're younger. But anyway, apart from that. Um, a lot of the, the, the great detecting, it's the same system that you sort of mind map your clues and come to conclusions. Uh, you walk around really detailed environments to set in Victorian London. Um, um, so in that respect, it's good. It's a bit more open, this one. You can wander around the streets and sort of, um, and there's like street urchins and chimney sweeps running about and people saying, God, blimey. It's, it's very oh, like... Sounds like England to me. <laughs> yeah. It's, you know, they've, they've done a good job there. Their environment design's really, really good. But the problem with this one is they're obviously trying to broaden the appeal of the game which means more bullshit mini games. So there's a bit where you've been chased through a forest by an angry man with a gun, and it's like running between cover and revealing paths through a swamp with your detective vision. And there's a bit what? where you play as a street urchin, and you, it's like an Assassin's Creed tailing mission, albeit 90% less uh, frustrating, where you play as a street urchin. There's a bit where you actually sweep a chimney <laughs> as a street urchin. You climb up a chimney to try and get a better viewpoint, and on the way you've got to sweep away the, the suit. Um, so it's off the tower into some yeah. coal. Here. Yeah. So what? <laughs> so what? Yeah. It's, it's all this stuff. I think is unnecessary. What's great about the game is the poking around a, a really detailed environment, mm. picking up clues, and then piecing the clues together to, you know, form a, a, a solution. But there's luckily you can skip every mini game and every even like lock, lock picking mini game and stuff like that. You can skip everything. You don't want to have to, though, do you? you know? Yeah. That's the thing. If the fact that you know. Most of them, I just end up skipping after I fail the first time. So I'm like, I don't, I, I'm not playing this for an action game. 
um, and playing this for the detecting, which is you know, there's a bit. It's so English as well. Like what I loved about the last one is how uh, English the the sort of uh, environments were, where you're like in a train station in the you know in in the north and stuff like that. Just locations you never get taken in games. There's a bit in Sherlock I've just started now where you infiltrate a lawn bowls tournament <laughs> <laughs> and you have to disguise yourself with like cricket whites and a moustache and it's like just super like you know it's got that. In that respect, it's very Sherlock, as in like classic English imagery. And I love the idea of a British man having to dress up to be more British. <laughs> yeah. like. Well, that's the thing. He looks like John Ham, so he doesn't even look that British. He, in the previous game, he had a sort of like long, pointed face. He looked very like a. a he looks sort a bit of, like uh, Daniel Day Lewis. Yeah, yeah, he yeah. had that kind of look, but now he, he just looks like John Ham. Luckily, you can like edit his clothes and hat and make him look a bit posher. So I put a top hat on him and some glasses and shaved his his stylish stubble off, and he looks a bit more like the homes that he should be but Watson still looks like he should be like a, a steampunk convention yeah he's got like weird like sideburns and a weird sculpted beard it just looks weird oh, but yeah no it's so I don't really know what to make of it yet I've only done one and a half cases uh, the detective stuff is as good as ever but all this like action stuff they put in obviously to try and in my head broaden the appeal a bit and they've made Holmes and Watson look a bit edgier again it seems I, I don't blame them for wanting to have more people playing the game but the last one was like classic you know, it was like a, a British TV, you know, detective drama. It had a really good atmosphere, and I'm I'm not convinced by this new, this new direction they're going in. But yeah, so look at wait for the review. I think, um, even if you really like Crimes and Punishments, I'm not quite convinced this is as good. But yeah, more more thoughts to come. Mm-hmm. Okay, you mentioned skipping all the mini games and stuff, uh, and one of these mini games is a chimney sweep mini game. Yeah. Like, is there any? Do you miss any clues or anything by doing that, or does it just take nah, you straight to? They're just they're usually just to get you somewhere. Like the okay. the street urchin one, you're just tailing someone to find out what what house he lives in. So you're following around the streets and you go up a chimney to get a better view. And so if you skip it, he just he just cuts to the street urchin running back and going, Mister Ramsey lives down there. <laughs> Can I have a copper? That's fine. <laughs> I'm, I'm oddly offended by that, Andy, like, <laughs> as an English person. I... Actually, the voice acting isn't that bad. That's me doing a horrendous uh, caricature of a Victorian street urchin. The voice acting is quite good. It's weird that your impression of Christopher Walken is better than your impression of English people. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, yeah, yeah, maybe you have to, I have to be drunk to do that one, so you won't hear <laughs> it on the podcast, unfortunately. As you're just walking through Victoria, what are the sort of incidental dialogue barks like? Because one thing... Talking about The Witcher earlier, there's amazing incidental NPC yeah. marks where people just turn to you and go, Bastard! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's great. Yeah. Yeah, there's not, yeah, I like how people just hate witches a lot of the time. Yeah. People are more Even ex- people who you've just helped, yeah. like, they revert to NPC mode and they're just like, I spit on you, yeah. you dickhead. But yeah, no, I, I'm, not, I'm not actually aware of any sort of shouts on the streets of London. I think it's just like a murmur, oh. a cockney murmur. Yeah, in the yeah. background, that's the name of my new band. Oh, apples and pears. <laughs> 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 yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's you know getting to walk around Victorian London and, and it looks nice is quite is quite a nice experience. But yeah, just no no mini games, please. No action scenes. It's, it's Sherlock. You don't need it. Cool. All right. So a right two and eight out of ten. Then I mean, I, I look forward to it. Sorry, yeah. that's a bad joke. Um, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Which uh, very much brings us to the uh, end of score uh, humor <laughs> of this part of the podcast. Um, we're going to talk a bit about some E3 stuff uh, in the second half. It'll be a short second half, and then we've got like one reader question, and uh, it'll be <coughs> the end of the podcast. Look forward to that. Yeah, it's going to be good.
yeah, welcome back. Um, I was wondering what you guys thought of the Watch Dogs 2 teaser that was uh, doing the rounds yesterday. I didn't watch it. It was just a man on a phone, basically. Cool. Um, but then, a, a, like, an IGN ad uh, leaked the setting of San Francisco uh, today. And in fact, I think it's called, like, Watch Dogs 2 underscore O or something. I don't know. <laughs> I think there's either an underscore <laughs> oh, no. or a dot. I think it's something like that, but hmm. you didn't think they were going to leave that opportunity yeah. behind, did you? Watch underscore dogs two underscore O. I think so. Anyway, I'll just look that up. But, um, San Francisco seems like an appropriate set. You know, Silicon yeah. Valley yeah. tech center of tech and all that mm. nonsense. You, hack into the Googles and yeah. Did you guys play the first one? Yeah, no. I tried bit. to. It was really boring, apart from the multiplayer stuff, which was quite interesting. The city was quite nice as well. Like yeah. it was. Um, there wasn't a lot of variety to it, but mm. I just I had move on up mm. on the radio, so I put that on and went for a drive, yeah, and it was okay. Yeah. Quite tepid mission design, and one of the biggest assholes as the protagonist of any action game of the last five to ten years. Yeah, he was annoying. Yeah, I think they've, um, I don't know, I I wonder if they've learned the lesson, that's why they've got a different dude, seemingly. Yeah, I mean, Trevor from GTA V is an abhorrent prick, but at least he's interesting with it. Yeah, it's true. Um, Oh no, it's just Watch Dogs 2, they have have an underscore, I wonder where I got the underscore from, I don't know, I'm just, I'm Is there still the underscore between Watch and Dogs? Let's see, Uh, yes. Uh, yeah, but no, there's none to the two, so fair enough uh, to be soft on that. Uh, but I, I don't know. Um, I, I I like San Fran is a, mm. an interesting city. Like, yeah, I don't yeah. know what's in Chicago really, except yeah. there's that one tower from that thing, <coughs> and uh, and the stuff you see in the Dark Knight in that car chase. But <laughs> uh, yeah, a map. It's a mystery city. <laughs> but San Fran, I don't know. You've got the bay. You've got you know. You've got uh, quite you've, a lot of sort of like verticality. Yeah, you, you've got those hills that go at 45 degree angles for the car chase scene where you do that. Yeah. 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 Oh, well, because you're them. manipulating traffic lights yeah. while they're going down those There'll hills. There'll be some stuff. sort of mission set on Alcatraz, which has probably been turned into a base by some military guy or something. Could probably turn off like the supports <clears throat> and the cable cars. They smash into like some yeah. vehicles chasing you, something like that. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of potential there. Like you know, uh, Market Street's amazing, and it's uh, mm-hmm. yeah, like yeah, like yeah, Alcatraz would be uh, would be cool. It'll be a collectible at the top of Coit Tower, almost certainly. Some sort of spinning orb, one of five hundred and ninety. <laughs> <laughs> it's an amazing city, though. And like, uh, I'm, I'm sure we can uh, badger our US colleagues into doing a comparison with real life. Yeah. thing. that'll be a thing they have to do one day. Yeah, we'll um, make them do that. <laughs> <laughs> we'll ask politely. Um, but no, it's uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm kind. Of, I'm intrigued to see it. I, I like seeing pretty open worlds that's a that's mm. a cool thing no matter what the game is um so yeah uh that's uh, going to be revealed tomorrow i think so watchdogs uh yeah. the big things about it were there was kind of a parkour element to it and the main thing was the phone that could magically turn things on and off yeah. uh, around you what would you want from watchdogs 2 in terms of phone control and extra features or whatever um a more iconic caps <laughs> more iconic yeah. caps i think a lot of people have been making that joke oh. yeah. um yeah. i i uh don't know just like really silly uses for it like don't worry about it being real life traffic lights are not that's not <laughs> interesting i'm sorry mm. but you drive through traffic lights all the time in gta so you know i don't really care about that stuff i don't know like um spring a chopper out of the sky onto like a dude <laughs> driving behind you just like mad shit like that i don't, I don't know <laughs> make a building fall down by pressing a button on your phone and that just well that's them dudes gone like yeah. i don't know I don't know, just a, just a bit, a bit weirder and kind of wilder. Yeah, and do more like fun. an Aquaman thing where you, you summon sea life with your eating. Suggestion: yeah. Maybe just play Saints Row. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's true, uh, but uh, yeah, I don't know. I've, I've, I actually can't really uh, can't think of what that would be. I don't mm. know. I always quite like the as you're walking down um, the street, you just got like 
are, are packed into their <coughs> social feed that they do this and they've got this much in their bank or whatever it'd be nice if you could do more with that mm. and like you could actually go around looking for potential clues off people and follow up with them in a kind of systemic way if they're particularly rich just rub the shit out of them here's and one here's one I've thought of one um, let's say like um, if you were you're in a chase and you're you know on a kind of like a busy freeway you could like the game could sort of pause and you could select uh, a kind of car to remote control and you just take the you just take the control of that car and just kind of ram it in front of a you know like another car to slow it down hmm. and it pulls back into you driving that's the car. driver San Francisco it is, it is driver yeah San but also shit, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> it is driver San Francisco fact, it's exactly but it would exactly within the, the tech setting because Google's yeah. driverless cars maybe it's all just driverless cars you hack into them yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it certainly make more sense than just than uh, just hey, I, I, yeah. <laughs> check out my coma powers. <laughs> also, they should put um, aircraft in at this time. Open world mm. games are always better with aircraft. Always put those in. That's the thing you yeah. build up to. Hey, Saints Row. That's one of the coolest things about it. It's just getting in like an alien jet and flying around and stuff. GTA. It's uh, yeah, that this time. I bet cool. there'll be loads of remote control drones in it. Yeah, yeah. Few, loads yes. of drones. That's the the hot topic. It's in the headlines. So you got to put it in the game. Yeah. I, I yeah I. I it might still be insufferable, oh. but um, yeah, but yeah, but if it's more fun, that's that's fine with me. I, you know, yeah. I'm up for another open world game. Good. Yeah. Um, okay. Cool. What else got announced? Well, it didn't get announced. It got leaked. But um, Dead Rising Four. Much interest in that series. I, I thought I, I do like that series more than I feel like I should. I don't know. I've got a soft spot for it. I like the series less than I feel like I should. Yeah. I always want to like it more than I ever do when I, I play the, it. The new, one was really good, I thought. Yeah, the new dev, Bluepoint, that took over, did a really great job with um, with 2. I thought 2 is like, my favourite one in the series. 3 had some good ideas, but they, it kind of suffered from... Being brown. Yeah, it was very brown, and the, the tech of the PC version wasn't that optimised. But mm. I, think it was, I think inside there, it was a good and quite weirdly ignored game. I think some of the systems of... Um, survivors and time limits and leading people through the zombie horde and, and uh, making weapons and stuff is like really, you know, really can be is room for improvement on that. I think combining vehicles is really nice. I think, yeah. I think I think the third one sort of had that thing of like the Walking Dead had come out and so they went for that color palette. Yeah, and uh, so it, you went through down these streets that looked like those kind of like posters that yeah. advertised the show yeah. and like uh, Very, yeah, and that may have held it back a bit. But yeah, be- I think they're bringing back. Frank, so, apparently, that's yeah, the rumour. There's They're a screenshot back the... of him, I think, in front of a snowy thing. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I, I saw I saw some sort of blurry screenshot of him riding a motorcycle. I don't know if that's true or not, but I think he was like, I liked how, how him as a character because he was quite rubbish and weird looking. You know, in the original, they they had to make Capcom force them to make him less ugly <laughs> because they thought it would be relatable. So in, he's already quite like, you know, not that handsome. So I, I <laughs> how can he, we relate to ugly people? Yeah. So I thought like <laughs> like Chuck in the second game was um, was this sort of like quite cool like extreme sports guy. Mm. The guy in the third game whose name I can't even remember was like a sort of cool looking mechanic. I like the idea of him going back to a sort of like weird looking photographer guy just stumbles in and out of you know, zombie apocalypses. That's true. This, that was um, Dead Rising Three was also a launch title for the Xbox One. So if the fourth one is like yeah. uh, you know a more enhanced version of that's true, yeah, that yeah, could be quite cool. Um, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't have a lot of affection for that series, but I'm up for playing another one. Basically, yeah. is how I feel about it. Um, I don't know. Anything else? I don't. Anything else go out there? There was a big piece of art for Halo Wars Two that did the rounds. That's um, got like uh, an absolute ton of stuff going on on it. Um, Kind of intrigued to see what a Creative Assembly console strategy game looks like yeah. that isn't that mm. isn't Stormrise. On see, the I'm, I'm inherently I'm, I don't know anything about that game, but it annoys me that the 
the people that made Alien Isolation. A yeah, lot of them are that's the problem. Instead of another, <laughs> doesn't matter how good alien. it is. It's like, oh, but they could have been doing anything else. Yeah. But then a lot of the leads in Alien Isolation are now working at different companies. So I think we'll never get another one of them. That was a one-off mm. event. I'm sure Halo Wars will be good. I've never played the original, but it's not an Alien game. <laughs> so I'm that's like, yeah. I don't have like loads of love for the Halo universe, but like, um, I don't know, like a, a kind of quite a light uh, RTS involving that yeah. universe I think it could work, work quite well first Halo was okay it suffers from the fact that the tech on 360 just wasn't up to it really like it wasn't up to a, yeah. a proper ensemble strategy game what that should mm. look like but it's uh, it was okay and uh, yeah I don't know kind of curious but I'd sure. like if you could I don't know anything about it but where if you could view it from above like a strategy game but you could jump into one of the vehicles and drive it around that'd be, cool. that'd be good wouldn't it if you jump into a warthog and yeah, just yeah. join in the, with the battle I'd but love that. That'd be amazing. Yeah, that'd be there have been games like that. I'm trying, trying to remember what they're called. <laughs> they Ground Control, maybe? Uh, yeah. Uh, there have been... Yeah. You, you Technically, in, like, for example, Total War Warhammer, you can uh, take control of the cannons and fire them manually. Yeah. And stuff mm. like that. But the trouble is that when you're doing that, you're not gen- being a general. <laughs> yeah. And ev- everything else goes to shit while you play this quite fun uh, yeah. you know, first-person shooter. <laughs> there was a Battlefield multiplayer game for the PlayStation 2. Um, oh, it was just... Oh, I remember... I, wasn't it just called Battlefield 2? Uh, no, I think it was. It, it had a tagline. It was like modern combat. It was modern combat. something. Yeah, I, I, I reviewed combat. that many, and, many years ago. We could yeah, jump in multiplayer, you jump between yeah. each character. So if you're just like, oh, it'll be sniper now, you just look to where a sniper was yeah. in this giant army that oh, you've I remember, got. I reviewed that. Like, like, oh, press a button, you zoom into yeah. their body, drive <laughs> a San Francisco style. That was like nine years ago, that. I quite enjoyed that. Yeah. But, like... Nobody was playing the PlayStation 2 online. It was, it was a <laughs> hassle to do. Another thing that was announced uh, this week, um, even though it seems a little bit earlier, was uh, Final Fantasy XII getting a HD edition. Oh, yeah. It's a PS2 oh, RPG. Yeah. Um, like, uh, Tom, you seem quite excited about that. I see only now it's a PS4 right now, but PC seems but kind it, of like... Well, yeah. PC, let's be honest. Yeah. yeah. They all have. 12 is great, and it's really interesting uh, departure from all the systems they've built for every Final Fantasy previously. And mm. it's got really, really great art direction from, I think, some of the artists who did Vagrant Story back in the day. Yeah, yeah. set in that um, sort of alternate Final Fantasy world, Ivalis, where like Final Fantasy Tactics was set. And yeah. So it's got quite a different... It's this, it's got some elements of like you know Moogles and stuff, but it feels like it's it's on separate. It's kind of steampunky oh, and sure. a, a yeah. bit more kind of fairy taley a little bit as well. Yeah, but also quite gritty Weird and mechanical. It's, it's 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 a really really cool um, world, and the the core system that lets you control your party is fantastic. Even though it takes ages to like actually reach its potential, and that uh, that lets you essentially craft the AI of your team uh, through a series of commands. That's where you can set like almost like program them to say if so so and so's health is below this then cast this to that that <coughs> level of detail mm. and you can stack up these rules like 20 of them and oh, you can wow. create this amazing functioning machine that from scratch the trouble is it takes absolutely ages to unlock those commands before you can even put them together so the the combat system is it, I, I love it even though it's very boring for a long time uh, but eventually <coughs> it lets you be so creative and lets you turn any character into anything you want to and and most of the characters can wield very different weapons so someone could have twin pistols or they could have a big double-handed sword or a rapier and you could they could be like a dark mage with a rapier or they could be you know a close combat brawler and that uh, i love that i love that system i think it's one of the cleverest rpg party mm. systems that have, has ever been experimented with and i wish people would basically just copy it and How make it better similar is it to the because dragon age origins did something similar with party 
programming. Yeah, I wish they'd have gone more down that route with Origins. Origins definitely lifted that well. I don't know if they saw Final Fantasy XII I mean, or I mean, came to it independently. really deep with that system. The problem was most of the time it just made more sense to <coughs> click on a thing and click on another thing because you could also just pause and issue commands yourself. Which yeah. you can do in twelve, but it's not. It's almost not worth it because it's so cumbersome to right. do that. That's right. And also if you set up your team properly in twelve, you just roll through an area beating the shit out of stuff and you just watching your plan kind of come into action mm. and everyone buff each other correctly is satisfying in and of, of itself. So I, I didn't love it at the time and like um, I think it's because it's just a little bit too uh, it lacks the same feedback that you get from a Final Fantasy battle where mm. it starts you beat the enemy and then you get that nice little uh, victory theme at the end like mm. it doesn't quite have that same loop like Tom says it's about kind of programming and watching all of your stuff come together yeah. um, so it's, it's definitely more strategic than a normal Final Fantasy game but um, yeah intrigued <coughs> to see it again well, yeah look forward to seeing a, a nice kind of prettified HD version hopefully yeah. it's a little bit better than just emulating it and uh, yeah, I think that's most of what's been doing the rounds, to be honest. I'm sure, like next week when uh, E3 stuff's happened, I'm going to be away. So is Tom, but um, Phil and Andy can talk through the uh, E3. Yeah, we'll go through still. the we'll go through the press conferences, yeah. play by play. And he yeah. can uh, deliver his uh, verdict under which of this year's games will be seven out of tens, yeah. <laughs> based on CG trailers. You know, we can have hot takes about Skyrim HD or whatever yeah. the, the remaster that they're teasing. It's already at the in HD. <laughs> yeah, I was just doing the rounds on Eurogame this morning, wasn't it? Yeah, so, uh, yeah. I think that's probably going to be more of a console thing. Yeah, but yeah. certainly a console Pointless thing, isn't it? PC. Like when you when your big selling points are oh, it's 1080p and there's going to be mods. You're like, well, yeah, thanks, yeah. great, <laughs> nice one. That's cool. Well, I look forward to hearing what uh, some stuff will be. I know I I know of some things that are going to be uh, out of the show, and it's uh, there's definitely going to be some surprises, but. Um, it's going to yeah. be interesting this year watching watching Microsoft's conference and thinking, hey, some of these things might actually come to PC under their new weird system that nobody's sure about yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, we'll, I'm sure we'll know more soon. Yeah. But um, very exciting. And then hey. obviously the PC gaming show will be happening uh, as well, powered by PC Gamer. That'll be happening next Tuesday, I think, at... Uh, I think it's... No, it's Monday, sorry. Monday at... I think it's 7.30 here, I think. I'll double-check that. But mm. yeah. Oh, that's so much earlier than last year. <laughs> It's either seven thirty or nine o'clock. It's one of those two things. Both, but, um, yeah, both still a lot <laughs> earlier than last year. But uh, you can check out more on PCGamer.com about that. And uh, we've got one really question this week. Um, I had a very low yield of good questions from mm. uh, Twitter this week, so just went with the one from someone who obviously reads the magazine quite a lot. Um, so you guys all write words and stuff, but who actually gets the secrets for you to write words about? Do you employ some poor sod to watch the entire internet to see what takes you lads can get all hot over? <laughs> obviously, the corporate secrets are handled by the spy, obviously. P.S. <laughs> did the new spy kill the old spy? And if so, what pre-slash-post-mortem one-liners are delivered by either-slash-both of them? That was from uh, Jordan uh, Pomogalski. I hope I pronounced your name right there. But, um, yeah, so the question I think there is... Um, <laughs> Who does the spy? And we can't reveal that. No, that's, that's highly confidential that's information. Secret. But whoever the does spy it, does the spy. Whoever, yeah. Uh, but the spy always looks quite tired and disappointed when they're writing the spy. <laughs> um, even though it's one of uh, it's one of my yeah. favourite pages in the magazine. Whenever I receive it from the spy, I'm, I'm, I'm very satisfied. Uh, you know that person is doing good the, work. The question of did the uh, did the new spy off the old spy? There's no spy continuity. <laughs> Yeah, the it's spy. Like, the spy is a series of unrelated tangents. You'll have to read yeah. the spy law wiki. <laughs> no, there can never some, be a wiki. Some have theorised that, like 007, it's a mantle that's passed on between different people. But yeah. but we couldn't really comment either way because there's uh, well, we just can't. It's, it's bigger than us, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. It's bigger than PC Gamer. That secret. It will survive all of us. It will survive Tony Ellis, the mm. spy. <laughs> um, but yes, uh, 
but as, as, as for who who finds which which takes for us to get all hot about that's that's our news writer Angus really he's the one who has to watch the internet and write things about it that's true but most of the spy stuff is sourced just from rumors you know that do the rounds and like uh, that we may or may not know to be true um, but in most cases are are just rumors um, but yeah it's uh, that's basically it. Yeah. yeah, but as for the spy's identity, I don't know. Ooh. Let the speculation begin, you know. We get a telegram and we have to, there's a, there's a, a dead drop and we have to <laughs> yeah. go to the location. Yeah. That's how we pick up his copy. It explodes if you don't transcribe it within 10 minutes. <laughs> that's right. People have died, potentially. <laughs> you know. um, but yes, that's uh, that's a question for this week. But um, yeah, we'll be back next week. If you want to send us any questions, it's uh, pcgamer.futurenet.com. Uh, any and all questions are welcome. If there's anything you want us to talk about on the podcast, we can make your dreams come true. Mm, even um, if it's about the spy, apparently. Yeah, you can also tweet us on our personal account. I'm Samuel W. Roberts on Twitter, Phil. Uh, I'm at Octader, O-C-T-A-E-D-E-R. I'm at uh, PCG Ludo, which is L-U-D-O. At Ultra Brilliant. Yep, and so, yeah, you can tweet us with your feedback about the podcast. We always get some uh, you know nice comments from people, which yeah. is lovely. Leave and if you want to leave us on a, re- a review on iTunes, it would be much appreciated. Uh, Phil, do you want to threaten people? Yeah, yeah. actually, no. Actually, it's now about you time, put it actually. Up. So it's been a month since we got our last iTunes review. Well, we got a load at once. One month. We got a load at once because you threatened people yeah, on the podcast. Um, so maybe you should do that again, Phil. I don't know. Maybe you don't appreciate this. Maybe This is a nice podcast we have here. And frankly, it would be a shame if something happened to us. <laughs> uh, yes, you know. But despite saying this, I have no idea if iTunes reviews are good for us or really do anything We're on the... More or less always in the top 20, which yeah, I think is pretty much a sign it's all right. But what if they are helpful and we're not getting them? I don't know. I'd, I really be... don't. I really don't mind that much because <laughs> uh, I think um, readers of the magazine particularly really enjoy the podcast. And I'm glad that we do it. But um, yeah, and uh, what's the other thing? Oh yeah, we have a magazine that you can buy. Oh yeah, um, it has Dishonored Two on the cover. It has the um, history of immersive sims. Mm. The uh, you know the PC uh, specific genre. I don't, why am I describing what an immersive sim is? People know Deus Ex, Bioshock. We talk about a whole bunch of them in this big feature. Did a making of Call of Duty's uh, best levels, the Modern Warfare series. Uh, all gillied up and no Russian. Like it's, uh, we spoke to the designer of those, and it's really, really cool. Um, there's probably something else I'm missing. Uh, Andy talked to Junk and Jones, yep. directed the uh, Warcraft movie, and uh, yeah, a bunch of. And he also talked about uh, Skyrim as well. So there's a whole bunch of cool stuff in there. And there's um, the Spy, which, as as we've already <laughs> pointed out, is some hot secrets. That's true. And so the um, from a month ago. <laughs> and so the um, UK uh, issue is out now, and the US one will be out in a few weeks. Mm-hmm. And uh, thank you very much for listening. We'll be back next week. Thank you.